Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sebastian Podcast. We hope that you're blessed by this message. All right, we all ready? If you need a Bible, raise your hand and uh, someone will put a Bible in your hand. If you got a new Bible for Christmas, hold it up and shout it out and show it off. And ah, we did. Yeah, good, Steve. Nice. That's your 56 new Bible, right? You got like a whole library. I'm going to do something different this year. I'm going to ask that if you do not have a journal and bring that, um, we have notes at the door. So if you need notes, I'm going to ask you to start the year, and we're going to try to make this our resolution. If you need notes, raise your hand. Kelly back there is going to put a note in your hand. I do want you to write a few things down, and I'll remind you for the the next couple Wednesdays to grab a notebook. You might want to go grab a journal. It's good to journal and um, something that'll last forever. And you'll see why as we get into the text. I'm going to be kind of all over the place. We're taking a break from the book of Matthew, and we will get back into the book of Matthew. We'll start back up in Matthew chapter 13. And uh, as I was working with the guest pastors and and Pastor Joey, he'll be speaking a lot more this year as well. You excited about that? I am. So that'll be a good thing. He's exciting. And uh, it's good to have the young pastors cutting their teeth, and uh, I always enjoy Joey's teaching. So we're going over the schedule. I'm going to tighten it up a little bit. We've been in Matthew all year last year, and so I'm going to like like land the plane, right? We're going to get out of the book of Matthew, so we'll be going quickly through that, but there's a lot of rich stuff in there uh, that we don't want to overlook, but we'll be all over the map. I want to title this teaching this morning, or this evening, 2020 Clear Vision. 2020 Clear Vision. And uh, I want to ask you, because I've been away for two and a half weeks, and I haven't had a chance to talk to any of you in between services over the weekends and that, but I just want to ask you a quick question. How many of you, by a show of hands, have you already made your New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. Yeah? No? Wait a minute. Keep them up. Keep them up. I want to see. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I was, that's good, because I say, if you already made your New Year's resolutions, this teaching isn't for you. You can leave, and we'll just, you don't need to take notes. <laughs> I've got the right crowd because you haven't made them yet. That's good because this is what this is going to be about. I've made a few New Year's resolutions myself, uh, but I had time off to to go through a process, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like, but I want to put up on the screen here, we always hear New Year's Eve, we think of New Year's resolutions, and I'm like, well, I know what the word is, what it means, I think, but I wanted to bring it to the forefront here and say, what does the actual definition of resolution mean if we're going to do that? And I found it interesting. It means a firm decision to do or not to do something. And then there's all these kind of words that kind of yoke themselves with resolution, intention, resolve, I want you to think about your life tonight. I want you to think about where you're at, what you're doing as I call these words out. And I know that it's going to, it's going to hit you. It's going to, you're going to resonate with these words because either you didn't make a resolution or you're, you're going to make a resolution or you're, you're going to be thinking about these things in your life. That's what this time of year brings us to. Decision, intent, aim, aspiration, design, our purpose, Our plan, commitment, pledge, promise, and undertaking. And I was reading an article, and I thought, well, um, most of America probably made their New Year's resolutions. And I just Googled real quick. You can find this. And this is fairly recent. This is 2019 survey. A study of 2,000 people. These are the 10 most common resolutions 
that were made in 2019. Let's have some fun, church, because I think you know what the number one most common resolution at the beginning of the year is. What is it, church? Lose weight, eat healthier, right? We all, okay. I was gonna have you raise your hand for all these, but I thought it's gonna get embarrassing real quick. So don't raise your hands, okay? You can just laugh, you can look at me, or you can respond any way you want. Yeah, number one, eat healthier. Number two, what goes with uh, eating correctly? We have to also include what? Exercise, number two. Number three, here's the other one. It hits your wallet. Save money and spend less. Pay off bills is, is the number three reason. Here's something, now it gets a little interesting. Learn something new. That's not a bad thing, is it? Here's one, quit smoking. Here's one, number five. Re, or I'm sorry, number six, read more. The other one is, and, and I, I, I found this interesting, I thought it'd be a little higher, change jobs, change jobs. Uh, number eight, drink less. And I don't think we're talking about water. Uh, <laughs> number nine, spend more time with family and friends. And the number 10, you'll never guess it because I wouldn't guess it. Someone want to take a shot at it? What's number 10? Vacation. Vacation? No. Be nice. Be nice. No. Go to, Go to church. No. <laughs> I like that. I didn't take that survey. <laughs> number 10, get organized. Yeah, HGTV people, you know, they had to get their, their vote in there. Yeah, sell us a, a closet, right? Um, but let me ask you something, church. Christians, is there anything missing from this resolution list? I heard the word, Jesus. You know, sadly to say that I believe that's probably 99% of how most people think when they do resolutions, they forget to include Jesus Christ. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about this evening. You see, they leave Jesus out of their New Year plans, their resolutions. I kind of put it this way, they adopt this Burger King theology. Those of you that are old enough to remember the catchphrase or the, the tune that they used to sing on the commercial, what was Burger King known for, the catch line? Have it your way, yeah. And so most people pick up this adoption theology, have it your way. And I think about that. It's like they don't include God in anything. And what is New Year's resolution? It's, it's a fresh start. It's new. It's a direction, right? But we often forget to include Jesus Christ. God, what do you think? God, as a Christian, we say, God, you rule and reign over my life. You are the what? The Lord. You Lord over my life. You purchase me. I was bought and paid for by your blood. Why wouldn't I as a Christian include you? And many Christians probably just naturally forget because we don't, we don't see enough of it that we are to include him. It's not advertised. There's no slogan or theology uh, that the TV would play or a commercial that we would include Jesus. But I was thinking it's no wonder why so many people fall off their resolutions so quickly by three weeks into the new year, right? Been there? I've been there. I've been there. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Dan, it's not confession night. You can come after at the end. <laughs> but when I think of resolutions, I immediately think of New Year's Day. And I'm going to say something. New Year's Day is an ordinary day. It's not any different than any other day. 
So why do we celebrate it? Why do we make such a big deal about New Year's Day? Well, it's simply the beginning of a new calendar year, isn't it? It's a time where we do celebrate, we're with loved ones, we're traveling. But I think we can all agree tonight that when we think of New Year's resolutions, we think of New Year's Day, that, well, it's a time that we physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually transition ourselves. There's a transition process that we go through. It's when we reflect on the past year, and then more importantly, we look forward to the new year with expectation, hopefully with expectation. It's almost a time that honestly we reset or we, we reboot our lives, if you will. It's a, it's a time where we reflect on the last year of our lives and everything that happened and what we've been through and we enter into a fresh new season. We move forward, don't we? Into a freshness of expectation because it is, after all, the first day of a brand new year, a new beginning. And so this idea of ending one season and starting a new season in accordance with the calendar is actually biblical, church. And there are many examples all throughout scripture where we see that God's desire is for us that we do something new. And oftentimes he includes a calendar or the time of year. And we see in the Old Testament, and I'm gonna have you turn uh, to Leviticus. If you brought your Bible, I'll put the, the main portion of the verse up on the screen. But in Leviticus chapter 25 is where we'll be. We'll begin in verse one. But I want you to see in Leviticus, in the Old Testament, that God had given Moses instructions for the Israelites to change at the end of the sixth year. And at the beginning of the seventh year, God told Moses to tell the Israelites, do something new. There's gonna be a change on the seventh year. It's gonna be new, and I want you to do this. He's commanded it, and he used the calendar, the Jewish calendar, and it's different than us in America today, but he's gonna use that calendar as a concept. And you can find this support all throughout scripture, and I didn't have time to include it all, and I didn't wanna bore you. But we're in Leviticus chapter 25, and I'm gonna start in verse one. We can read it and follow along or watch it on the screen when we get to verse three. For the Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. Verse three, for six years, sow your fields and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of what church? Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the, the, the grape of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Verse six, whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, for your male and female servants, and for the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and even the wild animals in the land. Whatever the land produces, it may be eaten. Now, church, I get excited about this verse when I begin to study and when I begin to look at that group of texts because in this text, there are three hidden golden nuggets that I wanna talk to you about tonight. They're powerful, 
And that's what I want you to take away tonight. Did you see them? Did you discover them before I tell you what they are? Anybody? Okay, good. Then this is a surprise factor. No spoiler alerts. I'm gonna give you three points tonight that I believe will help us not only set our New Year's resolutions, but resolutions that will be successful, effective, and it will last throughout the whole year. Does that sound good? Point number one, I want you to write down on your notes. God wants to give direction in each of our lives. God wants to give direction in each and every one of our lives. You see, we see in the passage, and it said this word several times, it said the word rest. Rest, and rest is essential for everyone. Rest is what I came off of. Rest was saying hello and Merry Christmas to you on Christmas Eve and not showing up again until tonight. That was a season of rest and it was wonderful. And I benefited from it. And I'm thankful that I could do that. But God, I want you to know, God doesn't desire for us to work too hard or all the time, does he? And this is what we see in this text. God himself even took time to rest after creation. And I say to you, so should we. If you wanna write something down next to that, just put, I must stay balanced. We need to stay balanced. Do you know that you could work every day of your life and make all the money that you think you need and you're still gonna need more money? Isn't that true? So why burn yourselves out? God said, Take the time to rest. And he's instructing these Israelites, not only do I want you to rest, but I want you to rest your crops. I want you to rest the soil. Now, how many of you have a, a garden where you throw your, um, uh, your, uh, your leftover meals out there and it's kind of like a compost, right? Anybody from up north, you compost, you have a compost pile and you have manure and all that. It, it, what that does is it just, you throw all that in there and then some guys, they'll have like five acres and so they'll, they'll farm on, on and, and they'll, make, they'll grow things on like three of the acres for a while and, and they'll use the compost and, the, and they'll you know, mix it up with the, with the soil and the minerals and all that. But then they give that a rest and they go over to the other two acres and they do that. And this is where they learned it from. God says, you must give the land rest. Not only do you need to rest, but your crops need to not keep going and going and going, drawing minerals from the soil. You see, church, it's essential to enjoy the rewards or the fruits of our labor. And when we take time to rest and do that, we also are reminded to give thanks to the Lord for the fruits of our labor. Those of you that are close to retirement, and I hope you're close to retirement, your hard work all your life. I pray that the Lord would bless you abundantly and that you would enjoy the fruits of your labor in your later years. And then that we would give thanks for the Lord for all that he has done and provided for each and every one of us. And you saw the post and I was kind of amazed that it had so many comments and, and I, I didn't mean for it to have these comments, but you see back in 2019 at the beginning of the year, I, I was sitting on my back porch and I looked out and it was uh, just an empty backyard, normal backyard. Um, and I just sat there and looked at it and I said, you know, we don't do anything with this yard. It's, I'm a slave to it. I just mow it, right? Some of you with me? And I don't enjoy it and I fertilize it. 
and, and we water it. We do all the things, but it's empty. It's not doing anything. And, and God just gave me a vision, and he said, David, you need to take time to do something. You need to find a hobby. You need to do something to occupy your time outside of church, outside of always going and going and going and doing and doing and doing. You need to find a hobby and then enjoy it. And I love being outdoors. And I, I don't have a green thumb, as I said. But I encourage you on my Facebook post, I said, what is the hobby that you want to start in 2020? Did you know that only one person responded to that? Everybody else was like, love your yard, come do mine, you know? And that wasn't my intent. I didn't want to boast about it. I didn't want to be prideful, like, look what I got or look what I did. I wanted people to engage and say, you're right. I need to take time to rest. I also said in that, in that post that we sat back and we enjoyed the fruits of our labor of all year because that was a year-long labor, labor project. And then God brought the coal front on vacation and we had bonfires and it was wonderful. And I would love to invite all of you on individual nights. We have four chairs around it, you know? So it'd take a while to get all of you here. I gotta buy new chairs, right? Or have you bring yours? Bring your own. Oh, okay, that's an open invitation then, I guess. But we are to rest. We're to pause from time to time and look at what God's doing and the fruit of our hard work and the fruit of our labor and enjoy it. Because one day, the Bible says that like a mist, we're here one day and gone the next. None of us know our last day. So I say, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Take the time to thank the Lord for that. And this is what God is saying to the Israelites. He instructed them, enjoy the fruit of your labor. Church, let me ask you for your New Year's resolution this year, I implore you, take the time to rest. Make that a resolution. Some of you need rest. Some of you are laboring way too hard and you know it. Maybe that's a message for you tonight. That's why you're here. Rest, enjoy, give thanks to the Lord and he will take care of all of your needs. I'm not saying be slumber or lazy. I'm saying enjoy, take that time of rest. Number two, write this down. We need to listen to God when he speaks. We need to listen to God when he speaks. Moses you see in this story, he listened to God. God was speaking to him. And Moses, when he was the leader and the ambassador of the people, he didn't come up with his own rules, his own regulations. He didn't, he didn't come up with his own plan for the Israelites. No, what did he do? He listened to God and he took the message from God to the people and he said, this is what God has instructed you to do. He took direction from God. And church, the takeaway is, and I know many of you know this, but we need to be reminded, I need to be reminded that God's plans are far, far better than any of our plans. God's plans are far better. And when we allow him to direct our lives and to listen to what he tells us, then his best is possible for us for the new year. I encourage you, listen to God. He knows our tomorrows, but I ask you once again, are we listening to God when we make our New Year's resolutions this year, this week, tonight, tomorrow, this weekend? Or do we make our own plans and set our own goals the Burger King way? Don't do that. Listen to God. Point number three you need to write down, we need to obey God and expect incredible results when we do. We need to obey God obedience, and then expect incredible results because of our obedience 
unto the Lord. The Israelites obeyed God. How they obeyed God was that they obeyed their leader. They trusted their leader and they trusted God and they obeyed God. They trusted in the plan that God had given them. And they did this for six years, the story tells us. And they knew that there was a time of rest and they knew that they had instructions for that new year, that seventh year. The result of their obedience was that the fruit and the harvest was so plentiful. What did it say? It fed everyone. There was more fruit from their obedience than they could handle because they were giving away food to the wild animals, weren't they? Anybody make enough money and have enough money for groceries that you just purchase $200 and go, nope, this is for the wild dogs that come in the middle of the night, right? Can you imagine having the abundance overflowing from the fruits of your labor that you could actually feed the wild animals and all of them, your, your, your maid servants, your, your, your livestock, all of that. God blessed them abundantly. Why? Because of their Obedience. Obedience. For your New Year's resolution, would you be obedient to the Lord? Would you be centered around the Lord's will for your life? Would you listen to him? And would you incorporate that into your New Year's resolutions that you make? At the end of 2020, my prayer is that we experience an abundance of fruit. Individually for us, personally for us, corporately as a church, in every way, shape, and form. And I believe this year that this church, Calvary Chapel Sebastian, who has been meeting in the high school for nine and a half years, who has transitioned, and we were like the flame moved at night and the cloud moved by day, didn't it? And one day we weren't at the high school and we were in the fellowship center and we crammed 110 people in that worship room, didn't we? And we, we, we've done things and then we move from there and then God said, move to here and we've moved to here. We've been faithful, we've been obedient, we've been directed by the Holy Spirit and I can, I can confess that to you because I'm not doing this alone. Pastor Mark and the elders are tracking with the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks in unity and we all listen. And it takes faith, doesn't it, church? What is going on in your lives tonight? What is it that God is saying, I'm gonna do a new thing? It's gonna take faith. You have to trust me. But church, I want you to know that you have to hear from him. You have to know that it's God. And then the next step is you wrote down, you have to obey it. And if you gotta run that by your, your people that are around your life that you respect, that you look up to, that you know is walking with the Lord, they're spiritually mature and they're listening, run that by them. Have one of us pastors pray for you. Get every resource that God has given you, the word of God, run it by that. And then step out in faith because God has something new for you. And God has something new for me. And God has something new for this church in 2020. And I believe in that. Do you believe that, church, for your life? Remember earlier, I made a statement. The New Year's activities for us do two things. 
The new year compels us to what? Reflect on the past and to look to the future, right? So I'm gonna have some fun with you. Everybody on New Year's Eve or the week of New Year's Eve or after New Year's Eve has thought of one things, but I wanna, I wanna tell you, I believe we have two types of people in this room, so I want your participation, okay? How many of you in this room focused the last three weeks leading up to New Year's or, or what are we, a week after New Year's? How many of you spent a lot of time focusing on the past year? Let me see your hands go up. Don't be bashful because I'll call you out if you don't raise your hand. All right, past. Put your hand up real high. Past. You focused a lot on the past. Okay, good. Put your hand down. How many of you in this room focused on the future? You're future people. Yeah. Yeah. The glass is half full. You're the half full people, right? I don't mean that past in a negative way, and I want to break that down a little bit. I want to first speak to the past people, those few of you that raise your hand that focus on the past. Listen, it is biblical. It's all throughout Scripture. It is good to reflect on the past. Why? Because it helps us learn. It adjusts our lives. It empowers us to reflect and see a need for change in our lives, doesn't it? All of us do that in our lives. But I wanna tell you tonight, for all you past people, we are not to stay there in the past. That is the beauty of a new calendar year. If we continue to dwell on the old things that God has done, and that's good to look back and say, God was with me, God went before me. All of us have that story in our lives, don't we? And as I look out, I know your story. Some of you sold businesses. Some of you are thinking about staying here permanently and not going up north. Some of you have retirement. Some of you have decisions for kids. Some of you have financial decisions. We all have decisions. But I know that every single person in this room can look back, hopefully as a believer in Christ, you can look back and go, God was with me. God went before me. And when we look in the past, it's not just a negative thing because we have a tendency to look back and go, wow, I really messed up. That was a rough year and I didn't like that, right? But we also can look to the past. The Bible says look to the past to give glory to God. They would build stones. They'd stack stones in honor of God that God did something amazing there, right? They would build a, a memorial. They would build something in honor of God. We see that all throughout the Old Testament. So God wants us to look at the past, but church, we're not to stay in the past. If we continue to dwell on the old things God has done, as good as they were, we're not going to see the new things God has planned for you and I in 2020. Can I get an amen? amen. We have to move forward. We have to move forward with an expectation that God is going to do something greater than we ever can know or imagine. In fact, Paul the Apostle, you know him in his ministry, he shares this very thing with his church at Philippi. You know this, Philippians 3.13, but the one thing that I do is what? Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. Do you know why I love that verse tonight with what we're talking about? Is because Paul set a New Year's resolution. You didn't know that. That was on New Year's Eve that he wrote that. <laughs> He set a New Year's resolution for himself. He set a goal for his life. And we know that this New Year's resolution, this statement that he made to the church of Philippi produced fruit. Why do we know that? Because later on at the end of his life, and I don't have it on the screen, but listen up, 2 Timothy 4, 6, Paul later says, listen, 
For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. That goal that Paul was pressing towards was God's goal. Because you know Paul. Paul was not about himself. He wasn't selfish. He wasn't egotistical. He wasn't prideful when God gave him a new name. He was humble and he committed his life to the kingdom's work and he planted many churches. And his New Year's resolution, we saw the fruit. And he says, I finished the race. If you later look in that passage, it says that he will receive a crown. He told him he would receive a crown. Where did that crown come from? Jesus Christ. What did he do with that crown? <laughs> Cast it at his feet to the one who deserves the glory. I wanna talk to the present people. Most of you had your hand up. You're the present and future people. The glass is half full people. I want you to receive this verse. It's up on the screen. Isaiah 43, 18, write it down. Actually, if you write in your Bible, put it on the cover and put 2020. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? What a word. What a rhema word for such a time as this for us. God is doing the work in our midst. Open your eyes. Look around you. God's up to something you'll see he's doing something new. I love what the NIV says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a new way. Receive that tonight in your spirit, each and every one of you. Make that personal Make that verse personal. What does that look like in your life tonight? What does that look like with your resolutions that you are making? And I encourage you to write that down on that sheet of paper. Have that conversation with God. How does that manifest out, that promise that we see in Isaiah? And I tell you, God wants to do a new work in your life this year. This verse was given Understand where this is at. This verse was given to the people of Israel. They had turned their backs on God. They did not seek him. They built a Babel, a tower of Babel, and they did it for their glory, not God's. They wanted to make something of themselves and not God. And they were involved in wicked things and they were against God and they were prideful. And they thought that they would lead and live their own lives without consulting God. And yet when you look at that passage, it is an incredible picture of God's heart for you and I tonight and for even them. It's a picture of God's forgiveness and it's a picture of God's faithfulness. And maybe this is a word for someone tonight. That maybe you're sitting here and you feel that this last year that, you, that you've been that person, that you've walked away from God or that you've gotten caught up in other things that you know you have no business being involved in. And God says, I'm gonna do a new thing. Do you not see it? Turn away, don't worry about the past. 
Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a new way. You know, Revelations 21.5 says, he was seated on the throne, said, I am making everything what? I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words. Whose words? God was talking to who in Revelations? John. But he says, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Well, hello, when God speaks, are they not truth? (laughs) Can you not trust God when he talks to you? Yes, we can. So where do you go with that? Here's what I want you to do as your pastor this year on Wednesday nights. I encourage you to find a journal and to bring it. I encourage you that whoever is teaching from this pulpit in 2020, that you make this your new year, one of your new year resolutions, that you begin to journal, not only here, but that you begin to journal each day, that you find time to hear from the Lord each and every day. If you're morning people, have at it, 4.30, God bless you. If you're night people, don't, don't work too hard that you fall asleep the minute you open that Bible, right? I've been there. But I encourage you, spend time devotion, quiet time with the Lord. Pray, listen, journal. Ask him what he's doing in your life. And when we write these things down, as Revelation says to do, record your needs, record your prayers, journal your victories for the day, and journal the days however far and few they may be, or abundant they become, journal the praise, write down your God moment. Why? Because you will need to go back to that. You wanna know who God is in your life? Go back to your journal. We forget so often how much God goes before us. It becomes normal sometimes and we forget. That's why we're to journal. This verse says, write this down Hold fast to what I promise you, for my words are truth for your life. I um, I, uh, had the privilege to lead a mission trip to Africa last year, and um, I am excited this year that we're going to go again, and I leave on February 10th. I'll be gone 16 days, and we're gonna go to Calvary Chapel Dakar again. And by the way, I do have an opening Um, I have an opening that just uh, came about today. And uh, so we are going to take another member. If you feel called to go to Africa and you go, this is me, and maybe that was your New Year's resolution, you wanna go to Africa and experience something incredible and come with me and Steve Miller and and, uh, a couple other pastors, come. It'll be a wonderful time. Come see me um, because we had an opening pop up. But I bought this journal in Africa. And the reason why I bought it is because even now, I'm starting to journal the process of the obstacles that I'm receiving, the, the, the things that, that, that I have to go to the Lord and go, Lord, only you can do this. You need to open this door. And there are doors that need to be opened before we get on a plane. But also, I'm gonna take this journal with me because 
I can tell you that the Holy Spirit moved so strongly on our team and on us individually and, and on the people that we did ministry with it. I, I didn't even have time to journal it all. And I, I did not journal it, but this year, church, I'm gonna journal it because I saw living miracles. I saw God like back in the biblical times where it's like, that can't happen. You don't do that. And God goes, no, you're on mission. I'm with you. I'm going to do it. You're out of your box and I'm here and I'm present, I'm among you. And so I'm gonna journal that. That's why I have a journal because I don't wanna miss out. I don't wanna forget what God does when we step out in, in faith. And then if we don't journal, if you're like me, I have a tendency to doubt what God has shown in me. And we all do from time to time, we forget and we doubt God with what he said but if we journal, we can go back and read of his faithfulness and we can be reminded. Proverbs 3, 5, you know this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. We need to trust God with all of our heart, with our resolutions. And I want you to write this down because some of you needed to hear this. Speaking of a fresh start, a new start, a new year, the God that you serve, the God that you gave your life to, he specializes in giving people a fresh start. God specializes in giving people a new start. If that were not true, I wouldn't be here and neither would you. That's what he does. That's who he is. And that's what he'll continue to do all throughout eternity. So God desires a fresh start for each and every one of us this year. I put it this way, God has made the ultimate permanent resolution with the whole world, with all of mankind. His resolution was none will perish. He's provided that for us. Now, I don't know about you, because I blow resolutions. Aren't you glad God didn't blow his resolution to the all of mankind? I am, I am. I'm thankful, and I hope you are too. Maybe you need a fresh start tonight. Maybe you need to really include Jesus in your resolutions for the very first time. Maybe you're one of the 99% that forgot to go, hey, maybe I should seek God in this. Second Corinthians 5.17, you know this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold the what? The new has come. God's in the new. God's in the restoring. God's in the giving you a fresh start, a fresh path. And in closing, I wanna share with you and I'm gonna do something different tonight. In five days from tonight, we're starting prayer culture. The theme this year that we believe as a church, as campuses, Pastor TJ, Pastor Mark, myself, the other pastors, the elders, we've been in prayer for this year. We wanted prayer culture to be something different because we've been doing it for a while. We wanted a freshness and a newness, and so we began to pray, and we said, God, what, what, are we, what makes prayer culture different? And we truly believe, and I truly believe, that God spoke in unity, and the theme that we believe God has led us to this year is for this very moment, right here, this church, this community, in our hearts, the theme is revival. A spiritual revival, not just a church revival, 
but I'm talking a revival within our hearts that God would fan the flame of our hearts this year, that we, we will boldly overcome fear, we will boldly overcome things that, that, that have bondaged and bondaged us, placed us into situations, relationships. I believe that God is going to do a new thing and he's gonna have a revival that is spiritual. I believe he'll do that. And I believe that he'll do that on every campus. I have it up on the screen. I didn't come up with this, I'm not that smart. A revival is nothing else than a new beginning of what? Obedience to God. So let me ask you a question. How do we bring our lives into obedience? Well, we have to hear from the Lord. We learned that tonight. How do we hear from the Lord? Well, we hear him through a time of prayer. Clear Vision 2020 starts when we seek and we draw near to Jesus Christ our Lord and we hear him clearly and we hear the Holy Spirit clearly and then we see this year, 2020, all the way through to the end. It starts with revival. David, the psalmist, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and what? Renew a right spirit within me. Sometimes we focus on the clean heart. We always think of David the adulteress and we say, David, get right with God. But when I looked at this verse on the topic that God put on my heart to teach, that word renew popped out. He said, renew a right spirit within me. Fan the flame, Timothy. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Do you know what's gonna happen next week? The Holy Spirit's gonna be here. His presence will be made known to us. Why do I know that? Because when I show up to meet God, he never cancels his appointment on me. So I encourage all of you, and I'm not taking a tally and thinking anything of you if you're not here, that's okay. But I really believe that some of us need to be here and I, I would just challenge you to come one, one morning or Wednesday night, you know, Wednesday night come. So here's how I wanna end. If you can get out of your chair, I'd like for all of you to come forward. Those of you that go to prayer culture, you kind of know this is what we do, isn't it? Just come forward, don't be shy. Some of you can even stand on the stage, just don't wreck any equipment. Come around the pulpit, stand by a worship. I'm giving you a direction, come up if you want, stand by one of the worship, whatever, come up on stage, but get up, don't stand in the aisles. Everybody come forward. You know it's gonna be like this around the throne. We're gonna be with creatures and many eyes, singing holy, 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 right? Yeah. I wanna, I wanna share with you a story and then we're gonna pray. Five years ago, I bought this pair of reading glasses. I didn't know it was five years. But I put these on and... Uh, I used them for a while, and I was thinking about that tonight. 
about five years ago, Pastor Mark gave me this campus to lead. And that's the same year that I got my glasses. Here's the problem. Over the years, these same glasses weren't working all that well. I went to the doctors on vacation to get my eye checked up. He said, you're getting old. <laughs> Some of you are laughing because you're with me. You know it, right? Yeah. Things were starting to get blurry. It was harder to see what was in front of me with these glasses. So I went, got checked, took my insults, humbled myself. And the doctor ordered me new glasses. And when they came in, my wife and I got new glasses. And when they came in, I put them on. And I started singing the song, I can see clearly now. But I want to, yeah, no, that ain't my gift. But I want to tell you something, church. My vision is not blurry. I can see clearly. In fact, I can see 2020 right now. I want you to think of the spiritual principle of this tonight. Are you seeing clearly? Are you seeing 2020? Are you seeing what God sees that's in front of you? Are you ready? Are you ready to embrace the Lord like never before? And that's my prayer tonight, that we all have clear vision, both personally in our heart, corporately for this church, but even greater, that we see clearly a revival in this community along with all the other pastors that are faithful to the Lord and faithful to this community. This community, have you looked at the house prices? It's going up. You want to know why? Because this is paradise. There's no traffic. I live in Melbourne. It's over. It's over. Your houses are more expensive. Right, Susan? Your houses are more expensive here because they know that the wave is coming. Now, you can take that positive or negative, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Over the next five years, and God help us if 10 of us are here, Right? If ten, we're here 10 years, this town is going to be full. full. And it. But we're going to put our spiritual glasses on tonight. And here's what I'm going to say we have an incredible opportunity to make an impact for this community, that the light of Jesus Christ will shine through this church. That's my prayer. And God wants to use each and every one of us. So here's what I want to do. Whoever you're with or whoever you're comfortable with, and this isn't a forced thing, but I want you to gather in groups of two or three or four, just whatever, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray as the Holy Spirit leads you. Some of you are gonna be praying for one another. Maybe someone in the group is gonna say, I confess that I need to be right with the Lord. Maybe some of you are gonna say, man, my resolutions, I need to go back and rewrite them. Some of you are gonna have a need and you're gonna share that need because you believe that prayer is powerful. But that's what I wanna do. Just for about two or three minutes or four minutes, I'll let the Spirit lead. Can we do that, church? We're gonna get ready for prayer culture right now. It starts right now in this place. So let's gather in fours, fives, whatever you're comfortable with. If you don't like somebody that you're standing next to, walk away. Come see me. <laughs> and let's begin to pray. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Sebastian podcast channel. If this message impacted your life, we encourage you to share it with a friend. 
We're located at 1251 Sebastian Boulevard, just northeast of intersection 90th Avenue and State Road 512 in Sebastian, Florida. Our service times are Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045 a.m., and Wednesdays at 630 p.m.